John 1 and verse 9 says, The true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. In this way, Jesus' story is introduced. The Gospel of John is really interested in proving, confirming, emphasizing to us the truthfulness of the story of Jesus. There's lots of talk of witnesses. Jesus is constantly on trial, informal or formal. People are curious or outright confused about him. And he would say, well, look at these signs that I give, show you the truth of who I am and what I mean. In the resurrection accounts in John chapter 20, this is especially emphasized. Check out a couple of ways that the the truthfulness, the realness of Jesus is uh, brought to the forefront. The first person who sees Jesus in John's account, Mary Magdalene, who whenever she found a man in the garden as she wept over her Lord's body being taken away from the tomb, she thought the man was probably the gardener or somebody and said, Please, if you know where they've taken my Lord, just tell me. Jesus said to her, I suppose in a way that only he ever had, Mary. And she saw, she knew, Rabbi, my teacher, Jesus. And listen to verse 17. Don't cling to me or stop holding on to me, Jesus told her, since I've not yet ascended to my father. Go to my brothers and tell them that I'm ascending to my father and your father, to my God and your God. That little tiny note of what Jesus said there. Of course, we don't have every word Jesus says. As a matter of fact, in a verse we're going to read in just a second, John said, I didn't tell you all everything Jesus said and did because it would be impossible to tell you all that stuff. But John makes sure to note that the first thing Jesus said to her in this little interchange is, let go of me, which implies that she was holding on to him. He wasn't a floaty ghost figure. It wasn't her imagination. She was holding on to him so tightly that he had to, Tell her, let go, woman, let go. Go tell the other guys. It was real. It was true. Whenever Jesus in verse 19, it says, when it was the evening of that first day of the week, the disciples were gathered together with the doors locked because they feared the Jews. After all, their Lord was counted as a criminal and had been killed. What did that make them? Jesus came and stood among them, almost like he just appeared. Walked through the wall. I don't know what he did, but somehow he got through a locked door and was just there with them. He said to them, peace be with you. And having said this, what did he do? He showed them his hands and his side. The marks that, yeah, what you thought you saw, it was real. I really died. They really put the nails through my hands. They really stabbed me in the side and blood and water really flowed out of my body. That really happened. And it's really me. I'm back. Now, of course, you may remember Thomas said, I don't believe it's true. I don't believe it's real. All you knuckleheads are just dreaming. I can't believe that he came back. And so on another day when Thomas was with them and Jesus appeared again, verse 25, uh, excuse me, verse 26 says a week later, his disciples were indoors again and Thomas was with them this time. Even though the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them like he had before. And he said, like he said before, peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas in particular, put your finger here. Look at my hands. Reach out your hand and put it into my side. Don't be faithless. 
but belief. Thomas responded to him, my Lord and my God. And Jesus said, because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet believe. And even though Jesus pronounced this greater blessing to the one who has not seen and yet believes, he does tell Thomas, put your fingers in this hole in my hand. You don't believe? You didn't believe it. You said you wouldn't until you knew whether I was real, whether I really died and really came back from the dead. Do it. Can you imagine doing that? As Thomas passed his finger through Jesus' hand, and then as Jesus lifted up his shirt and Thomas placed his hand, and what did it feel like? What did that resurrected body feel like as he pressed that soft flesh where the spear had stabbed his side? Jesus was real. It was true. All of it. John says at the end of this chapter with all these encounters in verse 30, he says, Jesus performed many other signs in the presence of his disciples that are not written in this book, but these are written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. All these encounters with Jesus in the resurrection Indeed, all the things Jesus ever did, all the signs he performed whenever he would make bread for thousands of people out of just a few loaves or whenever he would walk on the water and help someone else to walk on the water or whenever he would heal someone. All these things were tangible, real things that people observed, touched, smelled. I skipped one. Excuse me. I forgot uh, another verse here in chapter 20 in verse 21. Jesus said to them, peace to you. As the Father has sent me, I also send you. After saying this, he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. Now, maybe we want to spiritualize that. Oh, he breathed on them. He imparted the Spirit. No, it says he breathed on them, y'all. It doesn't say he just poured the Spirit out. They felt the warmth of his breath. They smelled what his breath smelled like as he breathed upon them to grant them his Holy Spirit. Do you get the point? God made sure that Jesus uh, proved the realness and the truthfulness of who he was through the things that he did. People experienced and touched and saw and tasted the reality and the truth about Jesus. And so then whenever Jesus said things about who he was, the son of God, the son of man, the Messiah, if these other things were real and true, if he really has this body, if he really breathed upon us, if he really, then we must believe of who he really is. And if we believe who he is, that who he is as the Messiah is real and true, then that means all the life that he promises us in his name is real and true. And so I guess it's not surprising that in order to be grounded every first day of the week, just like they were together on that first day of the week when Jesus appeared to them in the flesh, real and true, God's given us real and true things to commemorate this. It's not just the emotional, mental, spiritual imagination of our memories that we rely upon to reflect upon and remember the body of Christ and his blood. He told us, take this bread, this real bread, take it and eat it, really eat it, so that it reminds you of the reality and the truth of who I am. Drink this cup. You're going to taste it as it slides through over your tongue and down into your throat. This is real and true, just as real and true as I am. I'm not sure what you need to reflect on as we take the bread and the cup here in just a moment. Some, you might realize, I need to reflect upon because I'm not sure every day 
if he really is real, if who he says he is and all the songs we see, if that's true, think about it. Think about it. Think about how he lived his life and what he did and what people died saying, I saw, I put my hands in the nail prints. I put my hands in his side. It's real. He is real. He is true. He really is the son of God. Maybe that's what you need to think on as we take the bread and the cup. For others of us, you might say, yeah, no, I, I believe all that. I know all that. Well, then maybe you need to reflect upon how real and how true the things that he said are. For instance, some of us need to be, as we remember him in the bread and the cup, we need to remember how real sin is and how true the consequences of sin are because they don't seem very real and true. That little unforgiveness that I'm harboring, that little bitterness, that little laziness or worldliness or sin, it doesn't seem all that quite so bad. I'm not sure that really is, truly is all that evil. You need to be reminded today that it is and you need to repent. On the other hand, some of us struggle to believe in the forgiveness of God for our sins. We have repented. We turn back to him, but it feels like I've gone too far for too long and I'm not sure that he could forgive me. Maybe some of the rest of y'all, but not me. You need to reflect on how real and how true his forgiveness is. If he was real and true, his body was real and true, and the, the who he is is real and true, then that forgiveness is real and true as well. We need to reflect upon how real and true our adoption as his children is. We aren't just absolved of our sins and then run along, live your life, uh, be good, don't make God angry again. No, 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 that's not what it is. Through Jesus Christ, you're one of his children adopted in his royal family. You're not a nobody anymore. Maybe in this world you are, but not in the real world, not in the true world. You're one of his children, chosen. It's real and true that we have the spirit of God dwelling in us, that God hasn't left us alone, but we are his habitation, that he's there with us every day and every moment. And no, you didn't start glowing some other color whenever you were baptized because the spirit dwells in you, but it's just as real and just as true. And we know this as we remember the reality and the truth of who Jesus is. And while we live in this flesh, it sometimes feels like we can't overcome. We can't deal with all the temptations and struggles. And No, don't believe that. That's a lie. What's real and what's true is that through the spirit of God in Jesus Christ, we do have the power to overcome sin. You're not beholden to giving into those temptations anymore. You're not beholden to this body in this world. You're not. The power to overcome sin and death is real and it's true. And as we take this bread and as we drink this cup, we proclaim his death until he comes because we know that it's real and true. The death is not the end. It's not. What's real and what's true is just as much as he was raised up from the dead and just as real and true as his resurrected body was, so will be ours. And while the world may tell us we're just living for now and death is the great catastrophe, we know that while it is a catastrophe, it won't be for long. Because what's real and true is we'll be raised up with him again one day. Let's take this real bread and take this real cup and remember the reality and the truth of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and what he means for us. Don't let your heart be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me.